Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to my Good Nanny Radio, MGN Radio, the best show on Blog Talk Radio for family information and entertainment. Thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome to our podcast, the MGN Podcast. Today is Friday, November 16th, and I am super excited because today we are talking about self-care. Okay, and um, so much has gone on, you know, with everything going on. Um, I really want to take a moment and say rest in peace to Kim Porter. Um, just a little backstory. Um, I've been really, really saddened and just had a heavy kind of gloss the last couple of days um, when I heard about her passing, I at first thought that, you know, it was, it couldn't be real because, you know, Kim, when I started my nanny agency years ago, Kim Porter was one of the ones that um, was very, very instrumental to helping me um, and just supporting my business. And um, that meant a lot to me, you know. And even talking about, even talking about it, just really, really, um, you know, it's just touching. So, to the Porter family, to the Combs family, um, to Albie Shore and his family, from my family to yours, you're in our prayers. Please accept our heartfelt sympathies. And that's why um, today I'm glad we're talking about self-care because allegedly, you know, it was said that Kim had a cold and had pneumonia and was, you know, going to the doctor and, you know, then went into cardiac arrest. And one of the things and one of my – I'm so excited about our guest today because we're going to be talking about the importance of self-care – But before I do that, I do want to say thank you to everybody, thank you to everybody that voted in the midterm elections. Y'all know, and I'm going to say (laughs) y'all, y'all know how much I, you know, how important it is to vote and how important it is to make sure that, you know, we vote and we get our voices heard. So I'm really, really just, you know, just so proud that there were record turnouts. And shout out to all the women that were um, elected to Congress in the House. That is just phenomenal and amazing. And we know that there's stuff, as of November 16th, there's stuff that, um, you know, is still being worked out. And we know that Georgia, Florida, and um, Arizona had some issues and some recounts, but everything is working out as planned. And we just, we just, I just love democracy and love that everybody is playing an active role in it, and every vote should be counted. Okay. So, with that said, <laughs> I want to introduce our guest for the podcast. Um, and like I said, I'm Tossie. I am your host, 
And for those of you who have not heard of MGM Podcast, we are an amazing podcast that interview celebrities, authors, self-help um, people, business women, businessmen. I think I've talked to so many people. And um, we want to bring quality information to you, our listening audience, because we love and appreciate you so much. So, Dr. Ezina Maribe, and I hope I'm saying that right, <laughs> is the host of Beyond Address podcast. She also does a podcast, but her series creates stimulating conversations to pull down misconceptions on nutrition, weight loss, health, body diversity, while empowering women to live beyond the numbers on the dress label or on the scale. She is the lead wellness coach and founder of Zenny Lifestyle, where she leverages her professional qualifications and experience to teach women how to own and love their bodies. I love this, okay? She's a UK-certified wellness professional. She is a trained body-positive facilitator who is also certified in neuro-linguistic programming. I said it, yes, and cognitive behavioral therapy. She strongly believes that many women, the struggle with weight is deeper than the presence or absence of food on the plate. Wow, we're going to talk about that. She, ha- she holds a bachelor's degree in medicine and surgery um, with postgraduate training in MSc and PhD in public health in Japan. She studied in Japan. As a medical doctor and public health specialist, she continues to promote preventive medicine. So I can't wait to talk to her. She is just a force to be reckoned with. And please give a round of applause for our esteemed guest, Dr. Edna Maribe. Okay, let me connect her. And this is live, so it all it's it's live it's live for us and then you would hear the recording. So hello, are you live? Are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, you you sound perfect. Great. So okay, welcome, welcome wonderful. again. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for having me. Okay, so let's start with just I talked about your credentials and I like doing that because I always like to, to show <laughs> the wealth of experience our guests have, but let's just talk about um, your road to become a doctor, in your words, what made you hmm. want to become a medical professional? Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm African, and I have African parents, right? And they were like, so, you are our first daughter, the very brilliant one. I think I was still four years then. The one who likes to read. They trained me to just do nothing but read books. And so, these are the three professional courses that are available medicine, law, and engineering. And in my childlike mind, I'm like, hmm, engineering sounds like a boy's thing. You know, they were like, so these are the courses for people who like reading, who read a lot. Engineering sounds like a boy's thing. Law sounds boring. I think I'll just go for medicine. And that was it. And so I stuck with it all through my life. I was going to study medicine. At some point, my father said, oh, that he wanted to study pharmacy when he came to the U.S. That what do you like to do pharmacy? I'm like, no. And he was always of this opinion that he would never force you to do what you don't want to do. So medicine became it. And then growing up, I read Ben Carson's books. 
and he was inspiring the, the whole being a neurosurgeon. I'm like, yes, this is what I'm going to do. But I think that by the time you go to medical school, you will know exactly what you want to do. There will be a lot of inspiring people, but your own experience in medical school would open your eyes and ears to what you really want to do. And then who you are. I'm someone who likes to talk, who likes to inspire people, who likes to um, create, who likes to write, right? And there's really no place for that in the world or in clinical medicine or in surgery, you know. So even when I was doing my, we call it house job back in Nigeria, it's called internship here. So as an intern, then they used to ask me, um, what are you even doing here? You know, you look at someone who eventually start working in Ministry of Health. And trust me, they were right. Because these were my senior colleagues in medicine that were saying this to me. They were right. Because I just prefer to coordinate, to organize, to bring things to life. Yes, I think I enjoy talking with patients, but... Um, we all have our different parts in life, and you never know what will lead you there if you don't wake up every day and just take action. Wow, I love it. Now, so for those of you who might be, you know, listening and saying, I want to be a doctor, how many years <laughs> of schooling did it take you <laughs> to get to be a medical doctor? Just break it down simply for everybody. I've been going to school all my life. I just don't set it to three days ago. And I've been going to school for as long as I can remember. So, um, to get through just being a doctor, to just have that doctor, you know, title, it was six years. You know, back home, it's not as um, as hectic as um, in America where sometimes you do pre-med and you can choose to go do something else and then come back and write those exams, Right. So it's six years back home, six years of medical school from one year to the end, and I did only six years. I think I was blessed. I was not lucky. I was blessed to just be there for just six years. I had no receipts, so it was six years. Six years that I really, really enjoyed. You know, I really enjoyed those six years. Wow. Now, let me ask you something. Yeah. What what about what a lot of times, and we're going to get to self-care, but a lot of times a lot of young people – Especially in America, they're like, oh, I, I, I want to be a doctor. They pay well, but I'm so bad at math and science. From your perspective, hmm. what are some of the core courses that you need to take to become a doctor? Well, the truth is you have to be good at math and science, right? But I don't <laughs> okay. think anyone is bad at math and science. I think... Um, the problem is we have only one teaching style in most institutions, in most schools. People learn in different ways. And when you've heard over time that you're bad at math, you're bad at math, you start to believe it. You don't even try to change that story because your teacher has said it, your parents have said it, and so you just want to quit, right? So I think that we need to explore other learning styles for teaching math and science and then one of the reasons I actually want to go back to lecture in medical school is because I think that we have this phobia. So in high school, people have phobia for math and science, and they're like, let me just take the easy way out, and so they choose the art division, which, of course, I'm not saying it's easy-peasy, but it's the phobia. So when you approach a subject with a lot of phobia, it's hard for you to conquer that subject. So, for example, in med school, the problems were usually pre-med. The problems were, oh, anatomy is so tough, anatomy is so tough. But 
I realized on my own that just studying anatomy on my own and creating a learning experience for myself really helped me fall in love with anatomy because I used to go back home. I wasn't even very particular about the notes, but I was more particular about drawing. Anatomy has a lot to do with blood vessels, muscles, nerves, and you need to know where these things are coming out from, where they're going to, where they coil, where they do this. So sometimes just reading it alone didn't make sense. So I started drawing myself putting the diagrams, because of course we had an atlas, but I started doing the diagrams myself, and it made so much sense. And then I realized that this phobia does not make sense. So I still hope to go back to teach pre-med one day and make them understand that these subjects are not difficult. It's just the stories that you hear that builds the fear before you even come in. Wow. You know what? I could do a whole show with you on just about becoming a doctor because I'll tell you, I'm selfishly, selfishly, my youngest yes. daughter wants to become a doctor, a pediatrician. Oh. And I, I mean, yeah, so I could do a whole podcast. We'll have to do that. But I do want to talk to you about Beyond yes. a Dress Size, your podcast. So talk about okay. Zinni's lifestyle and then let's mm. talk about Beyond a Dress Size. And how that came okay. about. It's a long story, but I'll try to break it down. Let's see. So um, <laughs> I moved to Japan in 2012, and I, I just got disconnected from my environment and the whole world. And I went through different phases, culture shock, adapting, um, coming from a place where I was one of the brightest students to a place where with the language barrier and different a very different culture. It was hard to even understand my subject matter, not to talk of doing well in it. And so I suffered a major heat. I was depressed. I was sad. Um, I had an identity I was wearing of being the very bright student, right, or being a bright student. And I didn't have that identity anymore. And everybody was looking at me like, huh, she's not bright. She's not hardworking, you know. And it really affected my psyche. It had helped me create an identity for myself outside all my achievements and abilities now. Anyway, so um, I think that the whole thing spilled into how I was taking care of myself. I didn't even bother until I was, you know, of course, gaining weight. And then I had a child. And then I lost my dad. And then I gained more weight, right? And all I did was cry, think, sleep, eat. Because cooking was, I loved cooking then. I thought I was going to become a chef sometime, but I don't think so anymore. I used to cook because it helped me think. I used to cook because it helped me relax. And of course, after cooking, I would eat the food. So I gained all that weight. And then one day, I think I just said, I'm like, okay, let me start finding myself again. I started following a lot of fitness people that were way older than me. And I think because I was in Japan, I was following more of the people who were in the States. And these women were older than me, and I could see their transformation story, how they've maintained it over the years. And I'm like, what's my excuse anyway? What is my excuse? And I used to follow this guy then who said, if you don't like what you look like in the mirror, change it. Who else is holding you? You know, I think that was, I had heard, I had heard so many things before then. I had even set up a gym in my house. But that was like my turning point. And, of course, because I felt I didn't look good enough and I wasn't taking care of myself, I wasn't taking pictures of myself. So I don't really have pictures from then. All I used to do was I had a fine baby, cute baby, so I used to put up all her pictures, and it was, it was cool. So I started working on myself. After many trials and errors, I had done the, okay, let's use a giddle. When you wear the giddle, you don't eat. But when you remove it, you're like, oh, my God, I need to eat. I need to fill up. I need to fill up. That didn't work. And I tried 
I kept exercising, but I had a had a bad knee, and so I blamed my husband for not being not being helpful enough in that area. That's a lie. And what else did I try? Um, I tried. Okay, I think I just gave up until March. Okay, February. I joined this program. I paid for it, and everybody lost weight, but I did not lose weight. And so I was like, "Wait, what's going on here?" You know, I used to pile up. I would be like, okay, I'm eating healthy, but I, my portions were so large because I was so used to eating big portions, but I was eating healthy, and so nothing was working. But by March 21st, 2015, I started to take the ball in my hand. So before that day, I had made a meal plan. I went grocery shopping that day. It cost me $100 to prep for maybe two to three weeks. I bought everything I needed. I actually went to something like a farmer's market. I bought everything I needed got back home, prepped. I made a meal plan for myself, and then I invited some of my friends to come do it with me, like, let's do this together. We weigh in after two weeks. After two weeks, we weighed in, they lost weight. I didn't lose an inch, like an inch. And they were a lot bigger than me anyway, so that makes sense. Well, by the 18th day, I had lost 2.2 kg. I went for the school health check that we do every April. And so it happened that I had lost um, 2.2 kg, and even the doctor was surprised. He actually congratulated me. He's like, you're doing well. I don't know what you're doing, but you're doing well. Because the last year, my weight was maybe 84 or something, and it had come down to the 70s. And so that was where it all started. I came back that day, and I looked at my, I looked at myself, and I'm like, it's going to take me a very long time to get to where I want to get to. But I think I'm willing to keep going. Let's see how this all plays out. And by May that year, also I started posting pictures of myself, like, hey, see me, I'm back, I didn't disappear, <laughs> I just took a break. <laughs> so I started posting pictures of myself, and um, towards the end of the year, people started asking me to help them. At first it was free, like, let's do this, we're church people, you know, we have a good heart. So, but you notice that because they didn't pay for it, they were just taking it like, uh, Zini is talking to us, I like what she says, you know. So one day, I think it was in, so my husband had to move back to Nigeria, and I joined him briefly. So when Nigeria at that time, so someone called me and said, um, what did she ask me for? She said, okay, she had just given birth, she wanted to lose weight, and then by the end of the call, she was like, so how much is it? I'm like, what? I just blotted out something from my head, and that was how I started actually monetizing. So by 2016, February 2016, I set up structures for Zini's lifestyle, and we started getting in clients and helping them. So in the past two years, we've worked with over 20,000 women from across the globe, but majorly Nigerians, because one of the things I noticed was, as a Nigerian, when you search weight loss online, there are lots of recipes, lots of good meal plans, but most of them are very foreign to your taste buds, and you still want to enjoy your food and not feel like you have to just eat plain foods all the time. So... Yeah, and then having created Zinni's lifestyle, I also noticed that for these women, it wasn't just about losing weight. A lot of us um, have this body dysmorphia where you are looking at your body, but you don't really feel good enough in that body. Or it could also be that there's a lot of things you've heard about your body that are still inside of you. You know, body parts, the way um, the media portrays beautiful women, what beautiful women look like. And everybody subconsciously takes all that in. And so you could have family and friends tell you things about your body that are not necessarily true, 
but because they said it in a very bitter way, you have imbibed it. So these women lose weight. Sometimes they fall back into depression or whatever that was the root cause of the weight gain, and they go back to where they are coming from. Or they still lose weight, they are skinny now, but they don't like their body still because losing weight does not necessarily change the shape or form of your nose, your fingers, doesn't change those things. And so a lot of people had this desire to lose weight and come out brand spanking new, have a better life, but it wasn't working. And so that was how Beyond the Dress Size was created, so that we could bring in all the different facets of what made our bodies what it was and not just focus on food and exercise. And so now we have mental health, we have body kindness, we have relationships, we have mindset or your faith, what you believe in, how you're building up your faith, and then food and fitness, because we don't just want to relegate it to... Um, and then there's wealth as well, dwelling in abundance, because sometimes people could have financial issues or whatever issues that could be, and they feel, oh, I'm not enough. So for example, when I was in Japan, and if I had a wealth or abundance mindset, maybe all that culture shock and the loss of my right student identity won't have hit me so bad. Yeah, that's it. Wow, that is really amazing, and you've helped over 20,000 women. What do you think is the biggest, I mean, we're talking about self-care and how it's so important. Yeah. What is, like, your biggest piece of advice to women who are really struggling with weight, weight issues? You know, they're trying to lose weight, but the scale just isn't moving. Okay, you're trying to lose weight and the scale just isn't moving. Um, beyond the dress size, we teach people that sometimes this is your ideal body weight. And then other times, when someone says, I'm trying to lose weight, but the scale isn't just moving, there are lots of questions to ask. And the first question is, what do you believe? Do you understand? We may actually be doing something good about taking taking steps towards losing that weight, but we keep body bashing and saying a lot of negative things to ourselves. And nothing thrives in isolation. So I can't be saying a lot of negative things to myself and at the same time expecting that I would be doing something different at the same time. Do you understand? That I'll be getting good results at the same time. Do you understand? And then yes. um, the next yes. thing is people say, I'm eating right. I'm eat-. You need to look at what the person is eating actually. Other times, it could be that your body is not responding to the foods that you're eating. Just because the food is healthy does not mean it's good for your system. So there could be foods that you're eating and they're causing bloating, they're causing you to feel uncomfortable, they're actually causing you to feel moody. You don't need those foods. And so that's where a food diary comes in. I think the very first step is to, okay, fine, yes, I want to change the way I eat, but I also want to pay attention to the way my body responds or reacts to food. So that's so important. And I think another thing is a lot of people see testimonials of, oh my God, I did this in 10 days and look at me now. But it, nobody has ever really been able to sustain that, even if they did it for 10 days and it worked. Some of them actually lies. So it's so important to pay attention to myself. What is feasible for me? Maybe you have five children, you have two jobs, you have a lot of other things going on with you. Why not give yourself one year? So I usually ask, would you rather do this for 10 days, gain double the weight back, or do this for one year, get to know yourself better, build a lifestyle from it, and a lifestyle that you can never go back from? 
which is why in Beyond the Dress Size, we're always saying that we're pulling down myths and misconceptions about weight loss, fitness, and health and nutrition. Because another thing is, a lot of people say, oh, I want to lose weight, but they don't even know how healthy or unhealthy they are. I've seen people who started a weight loss journey because there was a lot of intensive exercise need. They passed out. I've seen people who um, realized that they were actually diabetic when they were trying to lose weight, and that was actually the last podcast episode we had because she was starving and eating just fruit and lots of fruits, and her sugar was going higher and higher, and she didn't know. So I think that bottom line is, are you healthy? And health is not just about how many how how many calories you can eat or cut out and how many miles you can run. Are you mentally okay? I feel like if you cannot bring your mental well-being together, it's hard for you to pay attention to taking care of yourself. So what are the things that you need to support your mental well-being first? And, you know, that is so important. Now, especially in the States where we've had a lot of shootings and people are saying, oh, it's attributed to mental health, that is so important yeah. when we're talking about self-care, mental health. Yeah. And do you think that with any weight loss, even when you are losing weight, you know, it mm. really is about what goes on in your mind, like to jumpstart your weight loss? Yes. Yeah, so for me, I did a lot of journaling. I used to wake up in the morning and pick up a journal. And just I had a, I had my rocking chair from nothing, my baby. So I, I loved it. I want to get another one, actually. So I would sit on <laughs> it and write to myself every morning. That was what wow. I did all, the, all day, all night. And so I was talking to myself who I was, who I wanted to become. I was clearing the clutter in my head. I was addressing the issues that needed to be addressed. I was cheering myself on. And so journaling is an exercise that really helps. I know that right now a lot of people are living in anxiety, both in Nigeria and in the States. People are worried about the election in Nigeria. People are worried about the current <laughs> government in the States. People are just so worried. And there's a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of pressure. It's like everybody's like a boiling pot. I just open it and I'm going to bust open. I'm going to overflow. You know. So I think we need a lot of calming and coping strategies go through this period and journaling is one of them the second one is listening to podcasts it really really helps me I don't know about other people but podcasts really helps me and then having my quiet time and prayer it helps me stay stay you know balanced like I think that I told myself I've been saying to myself my story ends in victory my story ends in victory I'm a king's kid good things are coming to me I dwell in abundance and so just doing this exercise, sometimes you could do it and forget, you know, and then you're like, what's the point? I do it for three days and I forget. doesn't matter. Start all over again. Start all over again. So it takes a while to find your balance mentally, but once you do, you will fall in love with it and fall in love with yourself. Wow, that is so powerful. Well, you know, we have to take a quick break. We'll be back with Dr. Ezena as we talk about right. the importance of health care. Stay tuned. We'll be hair Yum is the fastest-growing vegan hair care product on the market. Hair Yum can transfer your hair with just one wash. Cleanse with no harsh chemicals, sulfates, or detergents. The Hair Yum collection is available now at HairYum.com. Take the challenge. Go vegan. Get Hair Yum at HairYum.com. That's H-A-I-R-Y-U-M.com. Your hair will thank you for it. 
All right, we are back, and we're talking about the importance of self-care. And, you know, um, my guest has just shared a lot of important um, advice and information. So, doctor, what about there's been a huge increase in fasting, fasting Mm. for weight loss. You know, where okay. people say in this intermittent intermittent fasting, and people mm-hmm. have posted all kind of results. Okay, you don't mm-hmm. eat after six. Even Oprah a couple of years ago, you know, talked about intermittent fasting and how good and how she lost the weight. Unfortunately, she gained it back, but mm-hmm. <laughs> she did lose the weight. What do you feel about this fasting, just stopping eating food after a certain time or eating during specific time periods? Okay, so there's a school of thought that says it doesn't matter when you eat food, it doesn't change the number of calories in the food. That's a school of thought, right? So because some people are like, oh, you need to eat by 6, if you eat by 9, you're going to gain weight. Now, and that's the truth. Calories don't change, like the weather or the time of the day does not change the number of calories in your food, Okay. But I think that before anyone should try any fasting method, please go and do a health check. It's so important. You don't even know if you're diabetic. You don't even know if you have, like, blood sugar problems. You don't even know. You don't know anything, right? So don't just follow the hype and say, oh, this is what's in vogue, so let me try because I want to get healthy. And healthy is not a rave, is not a fashion, um, but it's, style of fashion, because a lot of things come and go, a lot of things come and go. But I think it's time for us to call ourselves back, sit ourselves down, you know, look at yourself. I'm I'm looking at my computer screen now. I want you to look at your computer screen and imagine that you're seeing yourself, ask yourself a question. What do I really want? Do I want to be healthy or do I want to be following health trends every other year? That's the first question. So if you want to try fasting, fasting is good in the sense that, number one, I know that for me and for many other people, if I eat by 6 p.m., I have more energy in the morning. I wake up feeling like, oh, my God, I have plenty of energy. I sleep better. And um, so the science behind fasting is that, so if I fast, if I stop my last meal at 6 p.m. and I wake up by um, maybe 6 a.m. and then have my first meal by 10 a.m., I'm giving my body the opportunity to use up all the extra glucose that has gone even into my muscles, especially if I exercise in the morning without having anything, right? So I'm helping my body break down a lot of the glucose in my body, and so I'm helping my body break down fat in the process. So I'm I'm destined to lose more weight. But I think that if you really, really want to try fasting, I don't see anything wrong in it, but don't put it above your health. Choose your health first and find out if it really works for you. So, for example, if you're someone who does a night job, you come back by 3 p.m., you sleep till 7 p.m. or 8 p.m., and you have to be at work by 9 p.m., you just woke up. Are you going to say, because I'm fasting, I'm not going to eat? So you probably start Hmm. till 10 a.m. the next day. So you have to understand what really, really works for you at this time and follow follow it, yeah, and follow it. Understand what works for you. Understand what works for you at this time and follow up with it. Don't do what every other person is doing because it looks trendy. And I think wow, that another that... thing is what, 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 
<laughs> I think other things that were so desperate for results, were so desperate to to share yes. transformation picture, to say, oh, I I lost it, I did it. <laughs> Is it really working out for you, or are you losing your senses? You know, you are you're, you're trying to hold fasting thing, but you are angry. You're not able to eat. You're angry. You're not able to eat at the time you're supposed to eat. You're lashing out at everyone at home. You're you're under. You feel like you're under tension. You're, you have a short, um, a short circuit. You're always going off on everybody, you know. doesn't make sense. So, yeah, fasting is good. I like to stop eating at 7 p.m. latest because I feel better that way. But what works for you? Wow, that is so good. Well, we only have four minutes left. So I did want to talk by. to you. Um, yeah, time flies by. And, you know, these podcasts are so important because they have such good nuggets of information. So now say your whole name and how people can get a hold of you. <laughs> okay, so my name is Dr. Ezini Meribe, and you can find me on Zini's Lifestyle on Instagram and Facebook. You can also find us beyond the dress size. So it's a full, with one word, so four words, like four words, beyond a dress size. So beyond the dress size, you'll find us on Instagram, you'll find us on Facebook, and you'll find us on all the platforms where you like listening to your podcast. So Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Overcast, and so much more, right? Um yeah, you can always send us an email, info at ZinisLifestyle.com or admin at BeyondTheDressSize.com. So Zinni's Lifestyle is one word. It's Zinni, Zinni's Lifestyle. Yeah. Thank you for having wow. me. Wow. Good time. Yes. No, this was very, very informative. And, um, you know, we love, love, love having you to talk about self-care. Now, I did want to ask you my last question, and that okay. is, what advice do you have for moms? A lot of times when it comes to self-care, we put the husband, the father, the children, everybody before ourselves. How important should self-care be, you know, for all the moms out there? Okay, I think that the number one thing I'm going to say is if you don't take care of this person, who takes care of everybody? Who will take care of them when you're no longer there? So if you're able to make time to take care of every other person, make time to take care of yourself. You're not a, even machines get service. Even machines mm. get service. So make time for you. And I think that one of the ways that I encourage moms in my program to make time for themselves is make sure the kids go to bed early. Once they go to bed early, there's a degree of sanity that floods the house. And you're able to yes. think. I like to think. I, I say I like to hear my thoughts. So you're able to think in an empty, cool space. And it also helps you to wake up early if you prefer to wake up earlier than every other person. Because once you go to bed, you're able to go to bed. And don't try to get everything done in one day. So there are dishes, there are clothes, there's laundry, there's this, there's that. And you're like, oh, my God, I have to get everything done. And my husband is judging me for not getting everything done. My friends will come in and judge me. This person is going to judge me. You're the one judging yourself in your head. Do the much you can every single day. But above all, just make sure that you're not grinding because that's very important. So like I said, if you don't take care of this person who, you know, handles every other person, who's going to take care of you? Who's going to take care of them when you can't? 
That's so powerful. That's so powerful. Thank you so much. Yay. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Dr. Ezena. This was really, really amazing. And we have to bring you back to talk about medical school. I want more doctors. We have to bring you back. <laughs> so thank you so much. And safe travels back to Japan and Nigeria. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Take Thanks care. Thanks to everybody. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thanks to everybody for listening to the podcast. We'll be back with another great episode. So make sure you subscribe and follow MGN Podcast on Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. Have a blessed Friday. Bye.